0: Mrs. Godin is an English teacher at COSAT. On Fridays, she likes to have her students debate. What we are doing is we are just sort of arguing. In a recent class, she posed this question to her 10th graders. Who can you talk to about important emotional issues? Your parents or your friends? At first, the kids seem hesitant to talk, maybe because there's a reporter with a microphone standing there. But eventually, the debate picks up. Most students say they trust their friends more than their parents. And what the students say about their parents is incredibly negative. Some of our parents parents are are drunkards. Some of the mothers are like serpents. I'm telling you the truth. Another student says in this township, Kailicha, many parents abandon their kids. Many parents left their children when they were young. They come now out of the blue. And one girl says you can't tell your mother a secret because she'll just tell it to others. But your mother just tell her neighbor. What is a mother? Nothing. A mother is nothing, she says. I had expected a bit of parent bashing, but this went far beyond what I had anticipated. As the debate wraps up, the students spill out of the classroom. I ask Mrs. Godin, what just happened? You have heard those that spoke against parents. They feel so intense about that. She says it's a reflection of the students' home lives. Not only do many students distrust their parents, they hardly speak to them. They really don't communicate to their parents. Mrs. Godden is far from the only one to have noticed that children and parents don't communicate. Social scientists with the South African government think poor communication may be linked to a range of problems students face, including underperformance in school and weak social skills. Worst of all, parents who don't communicate well with their kids may be more likely to abuse them. So the government has begun running interventions around the country to address the problem. One workshop was held here at COSAT. On a Saturday morning, 20 students and their mothers are gathered in a school classroom. An eighth-grader named Amanda wears a bright pink and blue outfit with matching shoes. I ask why she's here. Because I heard that this workshop is about creating a relationship between parents and teenagers. That's her answer at first. But when I press her a little, it sounds like there's another reason she's here. She's been getting into huge and often violent fights with her mom. My is very harsh. She will beat me. Not all the time, but she beats me. Amanda's hoping the workshop will put an end to that. She urged her mother to come. Her mother, Zanel, wears a yellow t-shirt and has her hair pulled back in tight braids. Outside the classroom, I ask what caused her to start using corporal punishment on Amanda. The first time I beat her, it was because she didn't come home when I wanted her to. The second time, she wasn't doing her homework. I also beat her when she doesn't clean the house or wash clothes. Why would you beat her instead of just talking to her? When I talk to her, it seems like she doesn't care. That's why I hit her. She talks openly about the fact that she beats Amanda, perhaps because corporal punishment is so common here. But Zanella is also coping with a lot of stress. She's raising five kids. Two are hers, and three belong to her sister, who died of AIDS a few years ago. Her only income is a small monthly grant from the government. When I ask about her parenting style, she seems a little bit exasperated and says this. Honestly, I'm a young single mother, and I don't know how to raise kids. I really didn't have parents, so that's why I don't know how to treat my children. The workshop she and her daughter have come to attend requires privacy, so I'm not allowed inside. But during a break, I speak with a psychologist who is running the program. Her name is Anique Givers, and she specializes in child and adolescent mental health. The issue she's hoping to address today is child abuse, She says it's a massive problem in South Africa, and it has ripple effects. That may also contribute to a broader culture of of using violence. To reduce violence, the workshop is focusing on basic communication skills. Giever says at this morning's session, they did a lot of role-playing to get parents and teens better understanding one another. The teenagers got to pretend to be parents and the parents got to pretend to be teenagers um, so they could see what it was like from the other perspective. She's also teaching both sides how to resolve conflicts peacefully. The aim is to show parents that they can discipline their children without becoming abusive. Kiever says so far, all the parents have been receptive to that message. The workshop continued for a few weeks. After it wrapped up, I stop by Amanda and her mom's house. The family lives in a one-room metal shack, one mom and five kids. There's just one bed, duffel bags of clothes stacked in the corner, and a thin curtain separating the bedroom from the kitchen. Amanda's mom cooks stew on a small table, and Amanda sweeps the floor while her siblings play. I ask Amanda how things are going with her mom. She says they're much better. For example, she says, the other night, she and a friend from school were working on a science project. And then I was coming in and out of the house, and it was late. I think it was half past nine. If she had come home at that hour before, her mom would have started shouting at her and beating her, she says. But now, after the workshop, things are different. Her mom calmly asked why she was so late. And then I explained to her that I'm doing this project then everything was okay? Everything was okay. Her mom, Zanel, agrees that their relationship has improved dramatically. She says their fights were getting so bad and violent that she feared Amanda was going to run away. But now, they know how to solve conflicts peacefully, and Zanel says her life is a lot less stressful. Now, when Amanda and I have a problem, we don't fight. We just stay calm and talk. But there is one exception. If Amanda does something wrong and can't justify her behavior, her mother can still beat her. I know it's not good to beat a child, but sometimes you have to. It's a way to say no and to show your child what you're capable of. She says that, so far, that hasn't been necessary. So will Amanda and her mom maintain their good relationship? Will there continue to be peace in their home? Those are questions the government researchers running the intervention want to answer. So they plan to follow Amanda and her mom, and other workshop participants, over the next few years. Anique Gevers, who led the intervention, says she hopes the results will show a reduction in violence, and that the program will be expanded to reach a lot more students and parents. For The World, I'm Anders Kelto in Cape Town.